Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Welcome back to another episode of the Financial Coaches Podcast. And today, Maria and I are going to be talking about um, how to deal with doubt and imposter syndrome. Um, this is something that I feel that a lot of coaches uh, deal with, especially as they're trying to grow and, and scale their business, um, myself included. This is something that's very uh, close to home for me. Um, so I'm excited to kind of take a dive in and talk about, you know, the whole experiences that we that we've had ourselves and and how to navigate past those two. Um, and I would actually like to just start off with a quote that I actually read um, in a book today. Um, this is a book. The book that I'm reading uh, is a book called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, and it's a book about turning tri trials into triumphs. Um, and the quote that started the chapter was not from Ryan Holiday. It was actually from a, a gentleman named Viktor Frankl, um, mm -hmm. which I think is another author that I haven't d uh, taken a dive into uh, quite yet. But after reading this quote, I'm like, all right, cool. I got to buy some of his books. So, so I'm pretty sure Viktor Frankl was actually a um, someone who was in the concentration camps and he wrote Man's Search for Meaning. So yes. very, very <laughs> prominent author, no longer alive. Uh, but yeah, that's very, very good book. Yes. And if anyone had any sort of doubt or is trying to overcome something, um, I would imagine that a person that was in a concentration camp falls into that bucket. Yeah. So, Without further ado, here's the quote. Man does not simply exist, but always decides what his existence will be and what he will become in the next moment. By the same token, every human being has the freedom to change at any instant. Hmm. That's super powerful. I, I love that it it just, it does not speak to the whole predetermined destiny that so many people seem to think that, you know, I, I can't do this over here because I'm not meant to do that. That's not what I was made for. Right. Uh, so I, I think that's really fantastic. Um, so yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I also think that it really kind of touches on what we're going to be talking today mm -hmm. about as well. And, um, you know, because he talks about you know, we all have that decision, right? And I think yep. that when we're dealing with doubt or imposter syndrome, um, it might feel like it's out of our control. Um, like it's something that just kind of happens to us and we just kind of have to deal with it. But yep. um, it's definitely something that is a decision. It's a choice, um, mm -hmm. whether, you know, it's not, a, it's not a choice that it bring that it comes on to you, but it's all about how you respond to it. And, you know, if you can decide, uh, to basically not let it affect you or, or let it affect you as much, um, you're going to be in a better spot and you're going to be able to recover from it much quicker. So, yeah, yeah I think it yeah. definitely really applies. And I think too, when you mentioned at the beginning of the show that, 
this is something that hits close to home for you that you struggle with this. I think that every person struggles with this at some point. So for Mm -hmm. those people who are maybe listening, who are more seasoned, it's, it's quite possible that you used to feel imposter syndrome back in the day when it came to XYZ, and now you've really gotten over that. But that doesn't mean that when ABC comes up that you're not going to start to have that resurface for you. So anyone who's listening today, just realize that this is something that can happen in any given moment. And I think that's why that particular quote is so powerful because he talks about just being in that moment. And so you might be, you know, just on top of your game with everything. And then all of a sudden a client comes to you with a problem that is absolutely new to you. And you're like, yeah, I got nothing here. And so that's where some of that imposter syndrome will start to creep back in. Yeah. Yeah, it could it could creep in there, like with what you said, where it's like, maybe it's just something that's not in your expertise. You know, mm-hmm. um, yep. you're like, oh, crap, like, <laughs> should I even be doing this? Because I don't know all the answers, right? uh, which, yes. which I think all of us know that none of us know all the answers. And yes, you should absolutely be doing this, uh, even if you yeah. don't know all the answers, you know? Yeah, but um, imposter syndrome is not logical. Right. No. We, so, so that's part of the thing. Like we know logically that we don't need to know all the answers. And yet when we're faced with not knowing the answer and we're looking somebody in the eye and they're asking us a specific question and they've paid us to help them, it really is sometimes difficult to not let that illogical thought come into our mind of, if I don't know it all, should I be charging them for this? Yeah. Well, it's important just to remember that coaching is not only a learning experience for your clients, but it's also a learning experience for you. Amen. Coach as well. Well put. Very well put. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what exactly is imposter syndrome? Maybe there's some listeners out there that are like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> and and I don't even know. Maybe they have it, and they're like, they're gonna hear us explain it, and they're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm not alone." You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have a specific definition that you use, Cody? Um. I don't know the like exact definition of it, uh, but you know, I know how it makes me feel Mm. and, um, I kind of, the way that I kind of explain it to people, like, you know, cause this comes up in conversation from time to time when you're talking to your friends or, you know, a business partner or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. but the way that I kind of describe it is that like, you almost feel like you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. And the reasons being is because either maybe you feel like you're not good enough or you don't know enough or, you know, you're not uh, able to help people in those capacities, you know, something like that. Right. But the but the grand overarching theme of it is that it's a lie, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and with those feelings, when you feel like you're not good enough, when you feel like you can't do something, when you feel like, you know, you're not cut out for it. Um, it, it's very much paired with another struggling emotion, which is just dealing with doubt because then you start doubting yourself. And when you doubt yourself, that's when things can get really dark really quickly. Hmm. So how do you distinguish then between those thoughts that are a lie and the thoughts that maybe are a little bit of reality? And so I'll just use a quick example. Like, if I, if I woke up today and said, you know, I, I want to be an NBA player, there are a few things going against me. 
right. <laughs> with that, right? Uh, like if I showed up on the court, I might start thinking things like, I'm not cut out for this. I don't have what it takes. And I'm not sure all of those would be lies, to be honest with you. Um, so how do you know? And I'm obviously using a very unrelated example on purpose to, to, to demonstrate this. But how do you know what the difference is? Is, is there a time when maybe you are over your skis or that some, that you aren't cut out to do something? And how can our listeners start to distinguish those voices so that they know when one is just this lie talking to them and one is something saying, you know what, maybe you're not cut out for this right now. You do need additional education or you need more training or you need more accountability or more help. Do you understand the question? I know it's a very convoluted one. hundred percent. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, pause. Take a step back and logic trumps emotion. Mm. Okay. So if logically, if you think about it and you think about the thoughts that you're having and you're like, no, it's actually like very logical that I need to improve in this area. And, you know, th that's just a fact. Then you can then have peace with that, recognize it, and then be like, okay, well, what are the steps that I need to take in order to improve this area and mm -hmm. then take action? But if you mm -hmm. take a pause and you step back and you ask yourself, is this logical? Does this, is this an actual fact? And there's even just a, like a hint of hesitancy. It's more than likely an emotional thing. And when you're able to look at it logically in black and white, you can dissect those emotions and kind of transform them into positive emotions or empowering emotions that are going to instead build you up rather than mm -hmm. tear you down. That's a fantastic answer to a very convoluted question. I love it. Thanks. So <laughs> you, you are very welcome. Uh, so if you, one of the things I'd like to add to that is to identify a time when you thought similarly and yet overcame that, right? So I think sometimes we forget what we've already overcome, what we've already achieved. And so I would just like to add to the pause and logic trumps emotion to as you're thinking about that logically, allow yourself to kind of go back and say, when was the last time that this emotion overcame me? Mm -hmm. What did I do to convince myself that that was a lie? How did I overcome that then? And then you can start to uh, replicate that for yourself so that it doesn't get worse and worse. It actually gets better, better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about experiences. You know, and, mm -hmm. and taking those experiences and learning from them and then applying. And compounding them. their effects. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, exactly. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where if you're able to do that, uh, debunking the lie that imposter syndrome is um, actually becomes much easier and mm -hmm. you go and you're able to uh defeat it much faster uh the more that this happens right so the more experience you have uh you know basically just identifying the problem and trying to work through it with the solution uh the easier it becomes because you know this is something that i've personally uh struggled with for a long time you know because everything that i've ever 
worked toward. And if you listen to episode one, you'll you'll learn a little bit about my personal story. Um, but you know, I put everything, and I mean everything, into uh, my band and music. We were traveling, recording with some of the best producers in the, in the country, playing the biggest festivals in the country. But ultimately, it didn't it didn't work out. Then after that, I shifted gears and I started booking concerts, and I put everything <laughs> into booking concerts, like everything into it. And um, you know, I, I started with a local local venue, uh, booking local bands, and eventually worked up to uh, booking an arena. And, you know, with thousands of people. Um, but at the end of the day, push came to shove and it didn't work out. COVID hit. The entire live music industry went under um, <laughs> and it, it didn't work out. So there's a lot of failures. And, you know, when you have those failures after failures after failures, it's it's very easy to, like, look back at that and be like, why does nothing I do work out? <laughs> Why? You know? And isn't it interesting that, <laughs> isn't it interesting that you take two incidences? Now, granted, you, like you said, and you stressed, I put everything into those and then failed. And yet when you use the word nothing, you said, how come nothing I do ever pans out? And I'd if you were sitting across the table from me right now as a client, I would really challenge you and be like, okay, what has worked out for you? Because I have a feeling that you wouldn't be who you are, where you are, and what you have. You wouldn't, you, all of that would not be possible if everything you had ever done didn't pan out. Yeah, it, but that's but that's the thing about this imposter syndrome you and bet. with doubt is that it's very hard to realize that yep. when you're in that moment. Yeah. Um, but with those experiences and working through every sort of episode of doubt or imposter syndrome that you have, it gets easier and easier to navigate through it. And now, you know, I, I look at those times in my life and I'm extremely grateful. Like I would do those over again a thousand times, both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. one they got you where you are. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I met a lot of people. I made a lot of awesome relationships. I had so many great experiences. I've, I learned quite a bit. I gathered a lot of skills from that. Um, and it all funnels into what I'm doing now with coaching. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, I was thinking, I was on a bike ride yesterday and I was thinking about this and I was like, if it wasn't for all of those failures, the coaching business would not be where it's at now. You're right. And this is where I'm supposed to be. Yep. And to that point, one thing I'd like to bring up is the idea of comparing yourself to somebody else. So there's, yeah. there's two ways I want to go with that because I think it really plays into this whole imposter syndrome. And one of those things is uh, that we try to replicate somebody else. So I remember when, when I had first started, it wasn't because I felt I that I wanted to, I kind of felt like I needed to be like 
so, so Dave Ramsey is the person whose program we used in the beginning. And I, when I first started, I kind of felt like I was trying to be a Dave Ramsey 2.0 is how I described it to people when I was going through my existential crisis. I'm like, I don't want to be a Dave Ramsey 2.0. And that's good <laughs> that I didn't want to be that. But there was this this push, this psychological push to try to be that because I thought that that's what the world needed. And then I had to realize, no, the world does not need another Dave Ramsey. The world needs a Maria Casillas and the world needs a Cody Sizemore. And each one of us, while there might be similarities between what we do and what he does and what our listeners do, there is a, a special little twist from each one of us that is so, so important. And so we have to realize that if we're comparing ourselves to somebody else who's already gone this path, we're not allowing ourselves to be who we need to be. And so that's partly why that imposter thing comes in because we're like, oh, well, I'm not as good as so-and-so, right? Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm imposing or I'm posing as somebody else. And then the other just short caveat to that is when we compare ourselves, even what, <laughs> even if we're not comparing ourselves to other people, but we're, we're comparing our, our blooper reel to what we actually want to be in the end. I think sometimes that's where that imposter syndrome comes to, because we see somebody who's been very successful and we kind of just illogically decide that they woke up one day and they were a success. And then when we struggle or we don't know all the answers, we have to learn this new stuff. We're like, but how come so-and-so was able to do that? Well, you just maybe have not seen their whole story. Maybe they have 20 years of backlog of crap that they, <laughs> they had to go through in order to get where they are. And so I think if we can start to recognize that, it starts to really tamp down that imposter syndrome a little bit where we, we are a little bit more, I don't want to say gracious with ourselves, but we, we're more realistic with ourselves at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to comment on that, um, the world doesn't need another Dave Ramsey because they already have Dave Ramsey. Right. Yes. And you know, so if anyone's out there that's trying to replicate, whether it be Dave or, you know, someone else, you know, whoever mm -hmm. it might be, it, it doesn't even have to be someone who's, you know, in the famous. financial world, you know? Right. Yeah. Or, or famous, you know, it could be right. literally anyone in any sort of world. Um, if you try and replicate them, you will fail because they are there already and That's they right. do it best because it's them, not you. So yeah. you need to be who you are. Now, of course you can have influence and you can take influence um, and, you know, kind of have like a foundation to build off of and then grow from there to turn it into something special and unique to you, but you need to be your own person and you need to, you know, offer your own skill set and, and apply it. Um, and, uh, in regards to what you said about, you know, them, you know, so talking about Dave, um, you know, he went through 20 years, 30 years of trial and, you know, to get to where he's at now it's very, very easy to look at those people and compare yourself to them and be like, man, why does he have 20 million listeners every day? Why can't I have that? And it's like, mm -hmm. well, kiddo, because you haven't put in the work yet and you haven't fallen down enough times, you know, like, do you, saw I, your, do you call yourself kiddo too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee that, that Dave or anyone else who is wildly successful has failed and failed and failed and failed, but they've turned those failures not into a pile of garbage. They've turned it into something that they stand on top of 
and that yeah. they take a step on every single yep. time, you yep. know? Yep. Yeah, you bet. I, I think one other thing too is this whole idea of getting from, okay, so you said, you know, that he, he did all of this stuff and I'm having one of those amazing um, brain farts right now. <laughs> So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to edit this part out. Okay. I oh this really drives me crazy, Cody. There was something about oh okay, it won't take five minutes, I promise. Um and I will have him edit up. But let me actually make the note right here so I know what time it is. You know what's 18. crazy is I almost had a brain fart as well. Did you? Well, I, you, was, you... I was able to rein it in at the last yeah. second. But I had one with, when we when we talked to Suzanne. I yeah. had I don't know if you remember, but I probably Maybe said that's why you left. No, just... no, it wasn't. It wasn't. But I probably said um like nine times in a row because I was just like, oh, uh, well, uh, yeah, I didn't even I don't even think I figured it out. OK, but there was something and uh, see, the things are like it's not even that important. But then I'm like, oh, but I don't know where I was going now. Um, you said it was it was right before you talked about Dave. Uh, about the failures and yeah. building off those. It was right before you started to say that, and I was going to say it right after that. Damn it. Something about this being, drives me insane. being their own version of themselves. Uh, not, some, not trying to be someone else. I was going to joke about how I, the only exception is that I want to be like you. Um, but that's not what I, <laughs> I held back on that. <laughs> I don't even remember. We don't have to, we don't even have to go there. I'll just, I'll, I'll. What was the last thing that you said? It was about Dave, right? Uh, um, yeah, I basically just said, you just know, so we can do a transition. Turning the, the, the mountain pile of, of shit into from, something to yeah. step into. Yeah. All right. Well, since we're pausing and, and editing anyway, how are you wanting to wrap this one up? Um, I kind of wanted to share like a, uh, a Zen story. Mm hmm. Um, that kind of helps with like obstacles. So, okay. all right. So what's an easy transition to go from Dave. So we talked about the garbage him. turning into the steps. Okay. Um, I don't need to worry about what I was thinking before, but do you have any specific things that you want to, do you want to move right into your clothes? Sure. Sure. I can do that. Okay. Okay. I wonder if I can actually, no, I don't want to stop. I was going to say, I wonder if I can hit pause, but we can't. So mm -hmm. Michael just have to deal with this. Um, <laughs> but I should probably talk first. And I'm just trying to think of what that transition will be. Um, turning, turning to, you know, okay. All right. We'll just go with it. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, so maybe go ahead. The, Sorry. Maybe just ask the question of like, well, how can someone turn you know, a, a bad situation into a positive situation. And uh, then I'll kind of hit it with the Zen story and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, cool. Like that. So, yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, Dave or, or whoever will take uh, all of the experiences that they have that could have really stepped them back, right? Could have put them back. And instead of having that, like, bury them into this pile, they use it as a way to step up. What are some ways that someone that who's listening today can actually do the same thing in their life? Yeah. So, so like I mentioned at the beginning of the call or not the call, I'm, I'm in client mode right now. Beginning <laughs> of the podcast, 
Um, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, yep. um, I'm currently reading uh, a book called The Obstacle is the Way. And a, something that I read in that that really stuck out to me, um, it, this isn't even like a true story. It's just like a Zen story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to share it with you. So um, there is this king, right? And, you know, the king had done everything correctly. He has, like, really, he's protected his people. He's provided for his people. He set them up to be in a position to where they can really thrive. Um, but there's the old adage of, you know, um, like, hard times uh, bring strong, strong men. And strong men bring good times. And good times mm-hmm. bring weak men. And weak men bring hard times. Hard times? Yep. So it's a cycle, right? So mm-hmm. in this moment, this king, uh, you know, they're in the the uh, great times. But because of that, he's noticed that a lot of his people in his kingdom have become weak or soft mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. So in efforts to kind of combat that, uh, what he does is he goes to the the main road in his in his city or his town and he puts a rather large rock or boulder um in the middle of the street mm-hmm. so you know if there was any like carts and donkeys that were carrying goods they couldn't get around it uh it caused like a massive uh you know um a massive uh traffic jam and like you know it was just very very inconvenient for everyone in the city and in particular uh the people and the businesses uh that use that road to operate or travel and at first what he did was he just kind of like camped out and just watched the people and he watched them get frustrated he watched them you know get angry with each other and they started blaming everyone else you know their neighbors they started blaming the king saying like why would the king let this happen you know, all those kind of things. And everyone just kept going around the rock. And they never solved the problem. <laughs> and eventually, there was a peasant that came along. And he saw the commotion. He saw what it was doing to everyone. He saw what it was doing to uh, the businesses. He saw what it was doing to the supply chain, which is something that we're familiar with today. <laughs> um, and all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, why has no one tried to move this rock? So he took it upon himself to move the rock and it's a big rock. So he couldn't move it on his own. So he thought about it. He's like, man, this is an obstacle, not only for everyone else, but for me, because I'm trying to move this thing and I just physically can't do it. So he started thinking and he started brainstorming and he applied himself. And he's like, I got it. I'm going to grab this big, uh, you know, two by four per se, something like that. I'm going to shove it under the rock. I'm going to use it as a lever and I'm going to move the rock using a tool. Right. Um, And that's exactly what he did. He ended up moving the rock. He got it out of the way, the natural flow of the city to, uh, to allow it to flourish had been restored. And as he turned around after putting tons of effort and, you know, manpower and 
you know, mental strength into moving this huge rock. He and turned strategy. around. What's that? And strategy. And strategy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. That too. Mm -hmm. He turned around and he noticed that where the rock laid was a pouch. So he picked up the pouch. He opened it up. And in the pouch were just a ton of gold coins that the king had put there. Alongside those gold coins was a note. And the note had said, with every obstacle, there's an opportunity that is born. So to answer your question, with every obstacle, there's an opportunity that's born. And you can't be the ones who complain. You can't be the ones who go around it. If you want the things that are really going to serve you and be mm -hmm. fruitful to you, you need to address it head on, even though it's hard, even though no one else is doing it. Mm -hmm. Because you never know what might actually be behind that obstacle. Yeah, that's super powerful. Mm -hmm. And to bring it all back to the whole idea of imposter syndrome, it he, that peasant was the one meant to move that rock, right? So yep. it, it well, was, was important. He was like, who am I? Right, right. You know? And he was by himself, right? He didn't have, mm -hmm. he didn't have any of the resources and stuff. Uh, but he did have the resource of, like we mentioned, strategy and, um, you know, just forethought and, and just all of the gifts that were given to him. And he was able to utilize those while they were not material, they ended up turning into something material for him, honestly. So, so yeah, I mean, if you are in the right place at the right time, it doesn't necessarily mean circumstantial. I want people to hear that because it's not all about, you know, luck. You, the, the, I've heard the quote and I'm going to really mess it up. That's the idea that luck is just when opportunity meets preparedness. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. he had an opportunity that he was prepared to work through. And so it, he got lucky. Right. Um, and I think a lot of times that's what we need to be willing to do as well. We need to be aware and prepared for those opportunities and, um, and then just be ready for them. Mm -hmm. So we'll yes. get lucky that way. Yeah. <laughs> No, thank you so much for sharing that. I love that what you're reading and, and absorbing, you're willing to share here. Um, I just want all of our listeners to hear this, that if you want to move the marker for yourselves, this is the beginning of a new year. Let's, let's move that marker this year. Start reading books, right? Whether it's 15 yes. minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or just five minutes a day, just be intentional about reading something to grow your mind because that's how you're going to feel less and less like an imposter. You're going to feel more like you belong in that spot with that person who's sitting across the desk from you or across Zoom or whatever, however you're, you're working with your clients. Um, but yeah, just continue to fill your mind and expand your knowledge and things. I think that's going to be a really important thing as we move into this next year. Make it your new year resolution. Or just commit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I only make the distinction on. because so many resolutions turn into nothing by like yeah. January 14th. I mean, so, who, who um, are we kidding? 
they all they all <laughs> fail. So that's right. That's right. So if you need if you need to you know have a little built in accountability, join our Facebook group. Tell us what books you're reading. Share some of the insights that you've gotten from those books. The more that we are willing to collaborate with that kind of stuff, the fewer books we actually have to read to still gain the knowledge from all of those others. So mm -hmm. um, I look forward to to seeing what's next. I, I'd love to hear if you actually read Frankel's um, Man's Search for Meaning. Cody, it's it's uh it's on my list. You know, All I'm right. reading this one now. I have one more uh, next up in line, and then I'm gonna pick up uh, Victor Frankel's book because awesome. that that opening quote it really it was hit enough. Me this morning. It, it yeah. hooked you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, I can't wait to hear more about that in future episodes. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and we'll we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. -bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.